Hey, what up? It's Podcast Rebellion. We are back at it again here in the State Farm Davis McCord studio. I'm your host, Zach Berry. Joining me, Mr. Benjamin Woodhouse. Before we get into the ins and outs of Ole Miss baseball heading into a weekend series against the Florida Gators, I'm going to remind you of our title sponsor, and that's Davis McCord and State Farm. One-stop shop in Tennessee and Mississippi for surprisingly great insurance rates. If you want good neighbor service... <clears throat> Stop looking around, call Davis and the State Farm team, and he will get you the service you deserve at the price you want. 901-755-6110 for your great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Ben, good evening. Good evening. What's up? Man, just a uh, just another week. Um, heading into a uh, an early one, if you're a... Uh, Either uh, probably listening to this on Thursday, the Rebels are slated to take on the Florida Gators, who you want to talk about taking a dive, taking a slide here. The Gators, fifth in the country last week, slid all the way down to 15 in the D1 baseball poll after getting swept by the South Carolina Gamecocks. So, was it going to, I guess I should say, it's not going to be the flashy top five, top ten matchup that most people thought would uh, be occurring this weekend. But the number three Ole Miss Rebels sitting at 20-4, and 6-0 and in the SEC, heading down to Gainesville to uh, Florida's brand new ballpark uh, to take on the Gators. So before we get to Florida, we'll, we'll get to them in the second segment. But first off, I, I'm going to throw it to you. I... You can't ask for a better start in SEC play, right? Well, I mean, there there isn't one. <laughs> you literally, you can't. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a it's been a fun year. Um, you know, we a couple of weeks ago we we discussed you know what Ole Miss needed to do after the I think it was immediately following the um, Louisiana Tech game, and um, Ole Miss did exactly what you know we said they they should get done now i don't even think we were i mean i think obviously i remember saying something about well i'd like for them to sweep but you know it's just yeah. hard to realistically ever expect that but when you do it two weekends in a row yeah I mean, that's just that's awesome and so um almost just played very, very well and and uh, uh got a lot going for her right now i mean frankly you got we everybody talks about the Vanderbilt pitchers on Friday and everything. Ole Miss has a really good guy on Friday too, and mm-hmm. so you know, no matter who you play, you're going to have a chance to win because Gunnar Hoagland is going to pitch on Friday, and then on Saturday you've got Doug, who's going to be as good as anybody Saturday guy. So there's just a lot that Ole Miss has going for it. I know we talked around in circles about that, but truly, um, it's it was a fun two weeks. Now that being said. Those might be the worst two baseball teams Ole Miss plays all year in the SEC. <laughs> so, so you know, but it's better than not going six and zero, right? So, yeah. You know, uh, last I check, checked, winning is better than losing. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, look, you, you mentioned the show when we talked about the La Tech disaster down in Ruston when they got whipped, and look, it turns out that 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 Louisiana Tech team is pretty fucking good um i think they've won seven or eight in a row at this point uh so they're on a streak of their own um but look you know the 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 saying goes you're gonna lose some midweek games you know the whole 
hashtag that's baseball. Uh, it's a thing. But also, like you said, it doesn't matter who it is. Six and O, not only in conference but in the SEC, is a huge, huge deal. Um, I mean, look, you, you're at you. You're basically asking your team every weekend, just give me two, just win two out of three, and uh, and move on. I mean, doing some quick math here, you might have to help me out. If you win two out of three in every SEC series, thirty SEC games. 15 series so that's you yeah, know it'd be 10 series is two 10, out of three 10, yeah out of 30 you'd have 20 SEC wins so yeah i mean you're not going to do that every series but that's the goal i mean yeah sure the goal is win every game obviously i mean i guess everybody wants to go what 68 no whatever it is um but being realistic in, in the SEC and how difficult it is and how competitive everybody has good players, um, it, it's still a huge deal, especially because you start out sweeping Auburn at home. That was huge. Um, really responding from that Louisiana Tech loss. And then you go on the road. And look, Alabama is not the best team in the SEC. They're not even middle of the pack in the West. But going on the road, winning those games like they did – Friday night, you battle, you win nine to six, you win a pitcher's duel on, a, or excuse me, a doubleheader. You win a pitcher's duel in the second one, two to nothing. And then uh, the offense bucks its head and you uh, blow them out and sweep. I mean, that's huge. And look, talking numbers here, Ben, six and oh, you got 24 conference games left. And I know a lot of people have made a lot of points about this. And look, I'm not arguing against it because I, I mean, Again, you want to win every game, but being realistic, if Ole Miss goes 500 the rest of the way, 12 and 12, that's that's 18 and 12 in the SEC. That's national seed territory. Yeah, it's going to be close. You know, I, I don't like – I agree, like, from outside looking in or from a holistic perspective, if you look at the season on the whole, if you win 18 SEC games, yes, but – that would also mean that you went 12 and 12, 500 in league play going down the stretch. Now, you know, if, if depending on when those wins and losses are, right? Like if Ole Miss, let's say Ole Miss goes two and one this weekend, gets to eight and one, and then finishes, you know, 10 and 11 to close a year, mm-hmm. I think the national seed might be, or the, I think you host for sure, but. I think you're looking more like nine or ten, maybe eight. And mm-hmm. I think if you go, let's say, worst case scenario, you know, four and five over the next nine games because another hard, and you're at what? What is that? Twelve and five in conference play, mm-hmm. and and you finish the year. Let's say, I don't want to say six and seven, but um, or you're I guess twelve and six in conference play. Anyway. Long story short, eleven and five in conference play at that time. Um, long story short, I, I think that um, it depends on when those wins are. I agree with you though. If you look at the season from fifty thousand feet and you're eighteen and twelve in SEC play, as long as you don't just completely collapse in non-conference play, you're a national seed. That's right. Yeah, and look, I mean, if you're just playing the numbers game here, I'm of the opinion. I think at least sixteen wins. You're, I mean, hell, maybe fifteen with how hard the SEC is. And if you take care of business in the non-con, I mean, 15 and 15, I think you're a regional host. I think 16, 17 is when you're getting at that national seed conversation. And yeah, I mean, if they go 12 and 12 the rest of the way in the SEC, 
18 and 12, I think that's a national seed because you have to, you know, hazard a guess that they handle North Alabama, they handle Austin P, Alcorn State, uh, Little Rock um, twice. You have Arkansas State and then UT Martin. You got to think that this team is going to handle those games. Um, I mean, that right there is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven more wins that you're you're piling on. And then you get the benefit of the doubt being in the SEC, playing that tough of a schedule. Because, look, you got three at Florida this weekend. Then you have Arkansas at home. Then you go at Mississippi State, LSU at home, South Carolina at home, at A&M, Vandy at home, and then you finish at Georgia. So looking at that, I would probably say two of those, I think, are definite series wins. I think AM and Georgia are the two most vulnerable left. LSU is teetering. They're struggling right now. But it's still LSU. They still have, you know, the magic or whatever you want to call it, the gold jerseys or whatever the hell it is. They typically figure things out, but they're reeling right now. If you catch them where they're still sliding, win two out of three, possibly sweep. I mean, I think that this team, the way the pitching has been so far, the way that weekend rotation has been able to perform, and then you've got the lineup starting to hit from top to bottom. I mean, this is a dangerous ball club. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, you're right, and and you're right about LSU. Even though you know we kind of say it in satire, they they seem to figure it out. Even though this year they they really have struggled. I mm. mean, they're. They're really going to have to figure it out, and they've got Vandy. I mean, at some point, it does get out, get away from you. I mean, yeah. it just does. And uh, this might be, you know, this might be the year that it that it just kind of spirals on on LSU. I, yeah, I mean, know, they, just, they they got I, swept by Tennessee, and I know that that Tennessee and and um, what's his name there has done a nice job, and and they appear to be a good ball club. I mean, they got swept; they didn't get one. So, exactly. I mean, that's exactly right. And and you you have to think that um, that at some point, you know, there's there has to be. I don't want to say you know, you know, players just start to they start to overthink it, right? And, and and with LSU, you know, that I'm not saying that I don't know what's going on in their locker room or anything, but. I, I know from having played baseball, you know the last thing you want to play baseball is play, uh, be while playing baseball is tight, right? Mm-hmm. And the more you lose, it's just human nature to to become very tight. And um, sure, so they, you know, that, there might be some of that going on right now. With you know, back to Ole Miss though, Ole Miss does not play tight. And um, you know, shout out to. Uh, TJ McCants, you know, he's almost needed one more, you know, solid bat with power that you, you know, can, that gives you a threat um, on the bases as well. And he has filled that role greatly. And, 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 um, you know, I don't know that Ole Miss is six and zero, and not, and I'm not saying calling him our best player, but I don't know that Ole Miss is six and zero if he doesn't step up. Some, uh, Somewhat breaking news. It was about three and a half hours ago, but uh, Nick De La Torre, 
covers uh covers the Florida Gators. Um, tweeted earlier, they're making a huge change to their weekend rotation. Tommy Mace and Jack Leftwich will not start against the Rebels. So who's going to play? So Thursday they're throwing Franco Alamon. Friday Christian Scott. Saturday Hunter Barco. Um, if I uh, really quick pull up their uh, their stats here, bear with me. Good pod. Um, let's take a look. Let's take a gander at the old statistics of uh, who Ole Miss is facing this weekend. Uh, so Tommy Mason Leftwich, both very, very, very high in uh, people's big boards for the MLB draft. Um, Leftwich is four and one on the year. Mace is four and zero. Oh. Both have sub. Uh, I mean, Leftwich's uh, WHIP is point eight five. Mace's is one. Uh, their ERAs are sub three. Um, looking at who they're throwing though, uh, Franco Alamon zero and one on the year, four point five eight ERA. Um, the other guy, Christian Scott. If we look for Christian Scott, there he is. 0-1 on the year, 135 ERA, so not bad. 10 appearances on the season, 20 innings pitched, 18 strikeouts. I'm, and then, I'm confused of why they're what, – what's the cause of the change? I, I don't know. Um, Hunter Barco, 3-2 and two on the year, 5.58 ERA, 30 and two-thirds innings pitched, 43 Ks for Barco. Um, yeah, I – don't, I, I have no answer here. Um, Kevin O'Sullivan's a hell of a ball coach. Um, I think he's a. I think he's easily a, a top five baseball coach in the country. He knows. Uh, you, you know, Ben, the old saying. He, he's forgotten more about baseball than I know, and that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, interesting development. So, don't know what. I mean, maybe there's some there's some arm tightness there for Mace and Leftwich and he's just letting them have a weekend off because it is, you know, April. So it's very early in the season. He's going to, you know, doesn't really matter what you win in, in, in March and April. It's what you win in May and in June, as we all know. So maybe, maybe there's something there. Um, yeah, very interesting. Um, I mean, uh, Kel, you're, you're exactly right about Kevin O'Sullivan, but it seems like a knee jerk reaction after the South Carolina series. You know, just just my thoughts. Yeah, and, and it wasn't. Um, I don't know the. I don't know all three scores off the top of my head, but I know South Carolina had to walk off one. Um, so it wasn't. It, it it wasn't like. You know, they got blitzed. I mean, they were in the games. So, and Florida's a good team. I mean, I there, there's no, make no mistake about it. Ole Miss is not going to stroll into Gainesville and just waltz to a sweep. I mean, they're going to have to battle because Florida's good. Um, I mean, they've got you know arguably one of the top prospects in all of college baseball in Judd Fabian. Um, struggling a little bit so far this year. He has hit eight home runs, but he's only hitting two fifty. Um, but I mean, this is, a, this is a good Florida ball club. They hit 285 as a team. They've hit 30 home runs, um, driven in 161 uh, runs. And so it's going to be a challenge for this pitching staff. Um, But like, okay, go ahead. When I ask you, I mean, do you look at Florida and say, okay, that team is better than Ole Miss? Uh, Not right now. Um, 
I think this Ole Miss team is, like you said, they're playing loose. The pitching staff is is really on a heater. I mean, Gunnar Hoagland still leads the country in strikeouts. Nikhazy looks to be just fine coming off that pectoral strain. And then Derek Diamond, um, he's had a little bumps in the road here and there. But, I mean, the guy is, is as dangerous as anyone on Sunday, sitting 97, throwing that you know high 80 slider that just kind of disappears. Um and then the bullpen has really stepped up. I mean, Taylor Broadway on the back end has been excellent. And then you've had, you know, kind of a, you know, committee of the bullpen. I mean, you've got guys like Josh Mallets, um, Jackson Kimbrell, uh, Wes Burton. You know, Austin Miller has struggled at times, but he's been a part of that. Um, you know, I don't know what Max Chofey's status is. I think they're probably still letting him rest. Um get him ready for the home stretch but i mean the bullpen is has, has been nice um they've done a nice job so um guys like forsyth and the rest of the crew has been able to piece it together and and uh get wins and that's like you said that's all you can ask for is to win ball games so um we're gonna take our break real quick here from the sponsors that make this show possible when we come back We'll talk more Florida and preview this weekend when uh, Ole Miss travels to Gainesville to take on the Gators. So hang tight. We'll be right back. It's Zach again, Podcast Rebellion, to remind you of our lovely sponsors here at the show. If you like New Orleans-inspired cuisine, go see Kelly English and the good folks in Memphis at Second Line or Restaurant Iris for some fantastic food and cocktails. You can also travel down to the coast to Magnolia House in Biloxi at Harris Gulf Coast. Blackjack, craps, slots, southern cooking, cocktails, what's not to like? All three fantastic establishments, part of the Kelly English Restaurant Group. Good food, good people, good cocktails. It can't be beat. That's Second Line, Restaurant Iris in Memphis, and Magnolia House in Biloxi. Speaking of good food, if you're in Oxford, go see Greg and the good folks at LB's Meat Market, the inaugural sponsor of this year's podcast, on University Avenue, across from Kroger. Celebrate with the best protein for your almost grilling needs with Greg and the rest of the folks there. And be sure to tell them that Red Cup sent you for exclusive deals and promotions. Remember, the Philly combo is back for just $10 right now, and you've got your lunch specials. 11 to 3.30, Monday through Friday. That's LB's Meat Market on University, across from Kroger. Arby's is full of shit. LB's has the meats. Speaking of Oxford, if you're looking to get some libations going, be sure to check out Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery. It's a quick little eight-minute drive south of Oxford on Old Taylor Road, and it's the only spot in the Magnolia State for a true grain-to-glass gin experience. The space is fantastic. Chan and the rest of the guys there are doing some fantastic stuff. Uh, go there, get a tour, do a tasting, or you could do both. Inquire about maybe renting it out for a private event, maybe a anniversary, a wedding reception, a rehearsal dinner, something. The place is amazing. That's Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery in Taylor, Mississippi, and be sure to follow them on Instagram for all their latest updates and uh, comings and goings there at Wonderbird. Speaking of libations, if you're in Memphis, 
you're looking to stock the cooler this year, Old Dominic on South Front Street is your place to go. Just like Wonderbird, you can go there for a tasting, for a tour, or both. And be sure to check out the rooftop bar, which is super awesome, has some great views of downtown Memphis, of the Mississippi River. Uh, you can try their Healing Station High Rye Bourbon, the Memphis Toddy, the Memphis Vodka, or the new Honey Bell Vodka. You can get it all there or at your local package store. So celebrate with that Healing Station Bourbon, a very small batch High Rye Bourbon by the folks at Old Dominic. It's a bold classic whiskey with notes of stone fruit, dark cherry, and just the right amount of spice and heritage that dates back to 1866. You can enjoy it neat or even in your favorite cocktail like an old-fashioned. It's got a mash bill of 52% corn, 44% rye, and 4% malt. Healing Station stands alone in its category of high-rye bourbons. So you could do that, or you can enjoy a quick taste of Memphis Toddy before the game this weekend, and then you can wind down with that Healing Station afterwards. So, like we always say, ask your, pa- ask, ask your package store where you can find Healing Station by Old Dominic. And, as always, OD encourages you to share SIP responsibly. And last but certainly not least, if you're in the market for a new vehicle, make it a Clark Ford vehicle. Corey Clark and the rest of the folks in Amory, Mississippi on Highway 25 are committed to finding you a new vehicle today. Be sure to browse their inventory online, request more information about the vehicles, set up a test drive, and inquire about financing all online. If you want to do it a little old school, maybe uh, conversate via telephone, you can give them a call at 662-257-1900 and get in a new Ford today. And we are back here, Podcast Rebellion, talking Ole Miss, Florida, baseball this weekend. All right, Ben, you mentioned TJ McCants. Talking about they needed one more guy to kind of step up and, and, and help down at the bottom of the order. Uh, we've gone, I guess, almost 20 minutes, and we have not talked about Tim Elko and uh, kind of the month that he had in March. It was insane. Um, he's now up to 341 on the year, slugging 714 on base percentage of 450. Uh, he's hit nine home runs to lead the team, 34 RBIs to lead the team. Um, and, I mean, look, I mean, you've got the known commodities. You've got Peyton Chatagnier leading the team in batting average at 367 at the top of the order. He's back and looks to be healthy. Uh, Kevin Graham just kind of, you know, steady Eddie right there, 341 as well, four homers, 21 RBIs. And then Hayden Dunhurst right behind him, four home runs, 15 RBIs, hitting 329. But then you look at the bottom of the order, and they've kind of piecemealed it together. Um, I think T.J. McCants has found a home in center field. I like that there. They moved Bench over to third and Elko to first. I think that kind of meshes well with how they're hitting. And Jacob Gonzalez, true freshman, hitting two eighty three. And then, um, look, all jokes aside and, you know, all the piano and, and football jokes you want to make, John Rice Plumley, two sixty three on base percentage of four twenty three and slugging four seventy four. I mean, for a guy that really hasn't gotten a ton of at-bats and a ton of opportunities, I mean, that's pretty solid. It is. It really is. I mean, they're getting production out of, of players that we didn't expect to produce, you know, frankly. And I'll tell you, if, if John Rice Pumley can hit 260, 270, John Rice Pumley can play baseball for Ole Miss. 
because he's fast in the outfield and he and McCants and center and right cover a lot of territory. And, and unless somebody's going to play in the outfield, that's going to hit, you know, three thirty. the difference in having a guy that hits 285 or 290 and a guy that hits 265 when the guy that hits 265 is going to be a better defender, at mm-hmm. least as far as not letting balls drop than, um, um, in the gap and, and down in the corner, then, you know, Plumlee will find time on the, on the field. He just will. Well, look, I think that outfield gives you a lot because, look, I, Kevin Graham's going to play in left because he can hit. That's kind of what left fielders are. It's kind of like, yeah, whatever, we'll take the defense. We'll, we'll just give us whatever you can. As long as you can hit, you're good. That's Sit right. out there. That's but then, right. but then, like you said, in center and right, I mean, you've got T.J. McCants who runs well. He's not super speedy, but he runs well enough, and he's a great athlete. And you know, we all know what John Rice Plumley can do with his feet. They're covering a lot of ground out there, and I think that that's big because uh, look, I think Hayden Leatherwood, he's an experienced guy, but he's he's slower and he's not hitting well. So kudos to you know, Mike Clement and Mike Bianco and Carl Lafferty for shaking things up and, and, and just trying to see what they can find. And look, I mean, Plumley had a couple big at bats in Tuscaloosa, plays good defense. And um, look, when he gets on the bases, he can, he can really stress you out with his speed and, and his athleticism to uh, take the extra base and, you know, kind of uh, test the arms in the outfield. If he's on, if he's on second and the ball gets to the outfield, Nine times out of ten, he's going to score. So it gives this team kind of another element to their offense to where, you know, it's all about launch angles and exit velocity. And, um, you know, like our like our buddy Justin Kemp said when when uh, Cliff Godwin was there, it was the uh, – I think it was uh, elevate and celebrate was kind of what they uh, – was kind of their mantra. And uh, that's kind of what baseball is now. It's all about the long ball and extra base hits. And um, Plumley kind of gives him a little bit of a different look. He can, you know, find holes in the, you know, hit a hard ball through the six hole, or he can, you know, lay a bunt down, anything like that. So um, now, look, he, he's he, he's he's still a little bit of a ways away from being a bona fide starter, but I think he's making strides, especially for someone who's missed a lot of time. Sure. And I don't, I don't think that – I mean, you're exactly right. Uh, look, I think that as long as I, – I don't know that we have a true answer for – well, let me, let, me, let me ask it this way. Do you think that Mike Bianco has his lineup that he's going to play for the rest of the year? No. Like, he's going to change as, as Right now – on March the 31st, or I guess April 1st, 2021, when people listen to this, does Mike Bianco know his starting nine going forward? Like, for the rest of the year, is he going to play the same nine guys? Oh, I mean, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I mean, there's just not, there are not nine guys yet. Yeah, is he going to play Tim Elko the rest of the year? Yes, but nobody has had a month of college baseball like Tim Elko has in March. Mm-hmm. I don't remember any Ole Miss player having a month that hot. 
but he was seeing the ball better than anybody. So, you know, and, and it wasn't just that, like, think about the Alabama game, Alabama loads of bases. They elevate a fastball. Tim Elko crushes it. Like he doesn't miss mistakes right now. And hopefully he won't for the rest of the year, but it's just so rare that he doesn't give people any opportunity to mess up. Mm. You know, sometimes you'll watch a game and they'll be like, man, the pitcher got away with that one. You, they don't do that with Tim Elko. No. Yeah, you're right. Um, but, you know, anyway. So, I guess last couple things here. First pitch, uh, let's see, Thursday night. Uh, it's on SEC Network. Uh, scrolling, scrolling, 7 p.m. on a... Uh, on SEC Network, um, the pitching shakeup has kind of thrown me for a loop. I was kind of looking forward to a Tommy Mace Gunnar Hoagland showdown, and hell, I, I bet SEC Network was looking forward to that too. But with the shakeup, I, I'm interested to see what this Florida team is like. You know how how are how are they affected without having you know their aces out there, and then can this Ole Miss team continue to play loose and to uh, have fun out there and and kind of stretch this uh this SEC West lead. So it's going to be uh it's going to be a fun series. It's going to be uh look and regardless of what happened last week with Florida and South Carolina, the, the Gators are going to come out ready to play. Um it's not going to be easy. But uh but look, I mean outside of Vanderbilt, I mean Ole Miss has got the best weekend rotation in the conference. Yep. No doubt. And and really, you know, Yes, Lighter and and Kumar Rocker are incredible, but the guys run, Ole Miss is running out there are no slouches. So, you know, and Ole Miss swings the bat better than Vanderbilt. I, I'm not, I don't, and, and I know this week is Florida, but I'm not scared of Florida as an Ole Miss fan. I'm really not. Yeah, I think Ole I mean, Miss has a really, really good chance to go down there and win two games. And I get, and I agree with you that Florida's going to come out focused and prepared, and hungry and wanting to win. But baseball is different; it, it's just a different sport. You know, baseball is the only sport where one guy can beat you. Yeah, you just go out there, and a pitcher has a good day, and he beats you. And so it's not as it's not like football where you can't, you cannot hide slow and less athletic in football on the field. You just can't do it. But you could put a guy in, in left field like you were just talking about. You know, that guy's just expected to hit. And I'm not talking about Kevin Graham here. But you could put a short, fat, nothing of a defender in left field and the ball may never be hit to him. Mm-hmm. So I guess my point being is, yeah, Florida can try and scratch and call all they want to. But at the end of the day, baseball is such a different game that, you know, just be, just by being more focused does, does not necessarily mean – they're going to play better. I mean, they may get there tomorrow night, Thursday night, and Gunnar Hoagland may come out and just shove. And then they're mm-hmm. just like, dang, now we're down, down a game this series because our crazy coach, who's very good, decided he's going to bench our <laughs> best two pitchers. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, it can snowball on them. And uh, like you said, playing tight, pressing, trying to do too much is uh, typically not a good, uh, not a good um, combination in baseball. Think of it's, it uh, like – Think of it like the undertow in the, in the ocean, right? They tell you to s- just calm down and swim sideways to get out of it. Mm-hmm. But people fight against it, and they continue going under. That's the same thing in baseball. Like, you're fighting to, to not press, 
and it only makes you press harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's that's a great way to look at it. Um, baseball is a mental game. It's uh, it is. It's all it between is a the ears. Game. It is hitting a baseball. I guess you could consider is difficult. Baseball is not a hard game though. Uh, most of it's played in between your ears. Yeah. So um, this weekend will be played between the ears, but it will also be uh, in Gainesville at uh, at Florida's new ballpark. Um, kind of excited to see it on television, see what it looks like. I've seen highlights and I've seen pictures of it, but interested to see what it looks like. Um, I don't know if you know this, but so right now I think the capacity is at 7,000, but they had basically the way it's constructed um, – they can maximize it to 10,000. So I think they're probably gauging fan support, you know, probably looking at a lot of numbers in terms of tickets sold and attendance this year. Cause that's always been, we've talked about this before. It's, it's always baffling to me that as good as Florida baseball is, nobody really goes. No, no, they don't. So it's a, a sterile environment. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a great way to put it. Um, but yeah, Thursday night, 7 PM SEC network, um, Friday night, five 30 SEC network plus, And then Saturday noon, SEC network plus, uh, almost going, uh, going for that seventh conference win on Thursday night, trying to, uh, like I said, extend their lead atop the SEC West. So, um, stay locked in on the site. RedCupRebellion.com. We'll have some wrap-ups after these games. And uh, stay with us on Twitter. We'll have as, we'll have as many updates as we can give you this weekend um, for baseball. And uh, we'll be back next week to recap the Florida series and look ahead to the, uh, the big one against Arkansas and Oxford. Um, hell, I guess last thing here, Ben, with, with how available vaccinations have been. And, and look, Mississippi has done a very good job and handling that and getting those administered. And I think people have done a nice job of, you know, abiding by the rules, wearing their masks when they should. And, uh, look, I mean, it's, it's good for the state of Mississippi. It's good for Ole Miss that, uh, it's starting to pay off. And I think we're going to see a humongous crowd next weekend. Yeah. Yeah. The crowds have been good so far. There'll be an enormous Mm -hmm. one next weekend. You're exactly right. Yeah. Hope it's going to be going to be a great time, and and you're right. Um, the vaccine rollout has been, you know, I, I'm I'm not very quick to compliment a lot of times and in, in this kind of area, but the vaccine rollout's been very good. I mean, yeah. it has um, much to be commended to the yeah. state of Mississippi, and and you know, I mean, is there can you always get better? Sure, you can always do something better. But, you know, considering that a lot of neighboring states have still not been able to get it to the people they need to get it to, mm-hmm. say something. I mean, you could go just about all over the state of Mississippi and find a vaccine if you wanted to. Yeah. Pretty much since the vaccine was uh, announced to be safe for, for uh, administering. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, shout out to the governor's office and the uh, state health department. They've, uh, they've done a hell of a job. And uh, I'm glad because I, you know, People can get to go to the games and, and get to enjoy Ole Miss baseball. And, you know, as we uh, heard earlier today, Glenn Boyce announced that the Grove and the Circle and everything is going to be, they're expecting it to be wide open, back to normalcy for uh, for football. So it's going to be fun. 
So, uh, but that's going to do it for Podcast Rebellion. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to Davis McCord, State Farm, for sponsoring. Thanks to the rest of our lovely sponsors for making this show possible. And again, as always, thanks to you, the listener, for tuning in. For Ben, I'm Zach. This has been Podcast Rebellion. Thank you all for listening. We out.